Hello, and welcome to Morning Prayer at St. Paul's Lutheran Church in Edison, New Jersey. Today is Monday, the fifth day of Lent. We begin our time of prayer together in silence. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Lord, open my lips, and my mouth shall proclaim your praise. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your steadfast love. In your great compassion, blot out my offenses. Wash me through and through from my wickedness and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my offenses and my sin is ever before me. Against you only have I sinned and done what is right in your sight. So you are justified when you speak and write in your judgment. Indeed, I was born steeped in wickedness, a sinner from my mother's womb. Indeed, you delight in truth deep within me and would have me no wisdom deep within. Remove my sins with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be purer than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness, that the body you have broken may rejoice. Hide your face from my sins, and blot out all my wickedness. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence, and take not your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation, and sustain me with your bountiful spirit. Let me teach your way to offenders, and sinners shall be restored to you. Rescue me from bloodshed, O God of my salvation, and my tongue shall sing of your righteousness. O Lord, open my lips, and my mouth shall proclaim your praise. You take no delight in sacrifice, or I would give it, You are not pleased with burnt offering. The sacrifice of God is a troubled spirit, a troubled and broken heart, O God, you will not despise. Long ago, God spoke to our ancestors in many and various ways by the prophets, but in these last days God has spoken to us by a son. A reading from Deuteronomy chapter 13. If prophets or those who divine by dreams appear among you and promise you omens or portents, and the omens or the portents declared by them take place, and they say, Let us follow other gods whom you have not known, and let us serve them, you must not heed the words of those prophets or those who divine by dreams. For the Lord your God is testing you to know whether you indeed love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul. The Lord your God you shall follow, him alone you shall fear. His commandments you shall keep, his voice you shall obey, you shall serve him, and to him you shall hold fast. But those prophets or those who divine by dreams shall be put to death for having spoken treason against the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt and redeemed you from the house of slavery, to turn you away from the way in which the Lord God, Lord your God commanded you walk, so you shall purge the evil from your midst. If anyone secretly entices you, even if it is your brother or your father's son or your mother's son or your own son or daughter or wife you embrace or your most intimate friend saying, let us go worship other gods whom neither you nor your ancestors have known, any of the gods of the people that are around you, whether near you or far away from you, from one end of the earth to the other, you must not yield to or heed any such persons. 
Show them no pity or compassion and do not shield them. But you shall surely kill them. Your own hand shall be the first against them to execute them, and afterwards the hand of all the people. Stone them to death for trying to turn you away from the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. Then all Israel shall hear and be afraid, and never again do such wickedness. If you hear it said about one of the towns that the Lord your God has given you to live in, that scoundrels from among you have gone out and led the inhabitants of that town astray, saying, Let us go and worship other gods whom you have not known. Then you shall inquire and make a thorough investigation. If the charge is established that such an abhorrent thing has been done among you, you shall put the inhabitants of that town to the sword, utterly destroying it and everything in it, even putting its livestock to the sword. All of its spoil you shall gather into its public square, then burn the town and all its spoil with fire as a whole burnt offering to the Lord your God. It shall remain a perpetual ruin, never to be rebuilt. Do not let anything devoted to destruction stick to your hand, so that the Lord may turn from his fierce anger and show you compassion, and in his compassion multiply you, as he has sworn to your ancestors. If you will obey the voice of the Lord your God by keeping all his commandments that I am commanding you today, doing what is right in the sight of the Lord your God. In Martin Luther's explanation of the Ten Commandments in the Small Catechism, we learn that the commandments not only forbid certain things, but also imply that we actively do the opposite of what is forbidden. For example, it is not enough that we not kill our neighbor, but we must also actively seek to do those things that protect and defend our neighbor's life. In this chapter, we hear how seriously God, how serious God is about remaining faithful and loyal to the Lord our God in all things, about keeping this relationship between God and us together, so that the penalty for seeking to lead others away from the love and trust of the Lord is incredibly harsh and severe. Almost like weeds in a garden, the seeds of idolatry must be rooted out and destroyed entirely, it seems. Yet, this does raise all kinds of questions in us because it seems so uncharacteristically unforgiving and unmerciful of God. Why might these penalties be so harsh? What is it about this betrayal that makes it so severe? And how, in Jesus Christ, has God overcome Might it be because this is a double betrayal? Not only does the prophet, the person, or the village that goes away after other gods despise God and God's covenant and all that God has done for them, choosing them, rescuing them from slavery, giving them this land, but instead, but instead of encouraging a neighbor to fear, love, and trust this God above all things, of reminding them the story of of who they belong to, of what God has done for them, this person in village entices them actually away from the Lord to share in their sin. Not only do they fail to love, do they fail in their love for God, they also fail in their love for their neighbor. In the process, they are also destroying the truth of the revelation of God that has come through this law that has come to them, that they have been given in this covenant by encouraging their neighbors then to believe a lie about the world and its God. 
Instead of being zealous for the truth of God, these people and those who go along with them actively seek to participate in their ongoing life. It might be worth noting, though, that we are talking about life within Israel, not Israel's relationship to its pagan neighbors, necessarily, in this case. But, but, but what it means to stay close to God uh, as they live in this land. So the, while these punishments might seem overwhelmingly brutal and unforgiving, and they are, we can understand at the same time the seriousness of the offense against God and God's people. By not taking this chapter literally, however, and by focusing not on what is prohibited, but by what is the positive action that we can take to fulfill the first commandment, that is, loving God with our whole heart, soul, and mind, loving God above all things, and actively encouraging our fellow believers, those who are in Christ, our neighbors, to continue to keep the faith, encouraging them in all things to seek the Lord and to hold fast to God's promises, then we can find and come to an even deeper appreciation of the role of the first commandment in our own life. In the end, we love and trust God as a living, speaking being, God who has become human in Jesus Christ. That's not just an idea or a concept. Uh, do you believe in the idea of God, or might there be a God? This is not theoretical or abstract. Ideas, concepts, abstractions don't choose us. Don't call us by name. Don't love us first. The Lord, however, has loved you from the beginning with a love that has no end and has redeemed you for himself through Christ our Lord. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us. Blessed are you, Lord, the God of Israel. You have come to your people and set them free. You have raised up for us a mighty Savior, born of the house of your servant David. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us. Through your holy prophets, you promised of old to save us from our enemies, from the hands of all who hate us, to show mercy to our forebears and to remember your holy covenant. This was the oath you swore to our father Abraham, to set us free from the hands of our enemies, free to worship you without fear, holy and righteous before you all the days of our life. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us, and you, child, shall be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare the way, to give God's people knowledge of salvation by the forgiveness of their sins. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us, to shine on those who dwell in darkness and the shadow of death, and to guide our feet into the way of peace. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Mighty God of mercy, we thank you for the resurrection dawn, bringing the glory of our risen Lord who makes every day new. Especially we thank you for the sustaining goodness of your creation for the new creation in Christ and all gifts of healing and forgiveness, for the communion of faith in your church, for the gift of relationship with others. For what else are we thankful? Merciful God of might, renew this weary world, heal the hurts of all of your children, and bring about your peace for all in Christ Jesus, the living Lord. Especially we pray for the church of Jesus Christ in every land, 
and especially the people, the ministries, the leaders of St. Paul's Lutheran Church. For those who govern the nations of the world, for people in countries ravaged by strife or warfare, especially we think of the people of Ukraine and those in Eastern Europe and in Russia, for all who are working to bring about peace and to restore international harmony, for all who strive to save this earth from carelessness and destruction, for those who are caring for the sick and tending and comforting those who mourn. For who else or for what else do we pray today? Almighty and everlasting God, you have brought us in safety to this new day. Preserve us with your mighty power that we may not fall into sin nor be overcome in adversity. In all we do, direct us to the fulfilling of your purpose through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses. As we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, bless you now and forever. Amen. Go forth into the world to serve God with gladness. Be of good courage. Hold fast to that which is good. Render to no one evil for evil. Strengthen the faint-hearted, support the weak, help the afflicted, honor all people, love and serve God, rejoicing in the power of the Holy Spirit. Thanks be to God.